0: And welcome to this week's Work of the Week from the Crawford Art Gallery in the company of Michael Waldron, Assistant Curator. Michael and myself found that the weather had intervened a little bit and both of us had to batten down the hatches, but the Work of the Week provided a little bit of solace. Michael, good morning, good to talk to you yet again. I hope you survived the storm. We were in Garrettstown, we got to see the eye of the storm right in the face, literally just, it was on the other side of a very large pane of glass in the house where we were staying. We survived, obviously, I wouldn't be talking to you. And you seem to have done okay where you were as well in the city.
1: Yeah, we just battened down the hatches and uh, thankfully just a few flower pots on their side. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing too, too crazy, so we seem to have been spared the worst of it. I'm just looking
0: at this week's work of the week, and I see some very, very calm, safe, reassuring waters in front of me, dating back a couple of hundred years ago. And if you just tell us the title, because it's actually one of the longer titles we've had.
1: It's a very placid scene. Mm. So the title that it's been given is "View of Bolan and Spike Island from Cove." It's a sketch from the 11th of October, 1819.
0: Lord, that's over 200 years ago. What I've noticed that the spelling of Cove is C O V. When did Cove stop becoming Cove and then become Cove again? I looked it up and it said that basically around 30 years later when the Queen visited it, they changed it to Queenstown. But the motto for Cove was the fleet's safest port. And you can actually see that in action here just by seeing the number of ships that are here in this pencil drawing and how safe it looks.
1: It's amazing that that motto is ascribed to Cove because this really is an image that says that what we're seeing really is a very, very... Flat, Cam Cork Harbour. Essentially, the viewpoint is Cove Town itself. And we're looking out at a number of different sailing vessels of different sizes. You just see the backdrop of the other islands and the other sides of the harbour. But a very, very simple sketch in many ways. But it really evokes a time and it is a time capsule
0: it tells an awful lot of history in a very economical way. I mean, if you tried to put it into words, you'd probably go into chapters. In this case, just a simple line drawing, as you wrote in your article about it, is kind of renowned for its economy of style.
1: Yes, and the artist was known for watercolour as well as sketching. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's a drawing, and what we have really is something, as you say, a great economy of line. Because while there are a number of details in the different sailing vessels and some of the buildings that are picked out, the closer you look, the more you realise that actually the reflections of these ships in the water are just a series of squiggles or (laughs) lines just row by row just to give the suggestion of a ripple of water and that something is reflected. (laughs) It's a great exercise in showing what you can achieve and what how effective it can be when you finish your 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 little sketch
0: because the funny thing is it's obviously a very busy harbour the world is literally stopping by either to pick up passengers or drop off passengers or pick up provisions on its way westward because that's what cove was famous for i mean literally the fleet stopped here in order to just fill up before going on a voyage it's very busy but it doesn't look cluttered the picture itself
1: well, that is interesting. And what I suppose anyone who's familiar with Cork Harbour and navigation in Cork Harbour yeah. will notice that there are some differences between now and the time of this sketch. All of these vessels are essentially running along the Spit Bank itself. The Spit Bank goes along from Hall Boland yeah. towards a little lighthouse or so in the harbour yeah. that marks the end of it. Yeah. So they are actually navigating the deeper channels of the harbour.
0: And also, if you look in the background, you can see, left over from the Napoleonic Wars, or necessity, the Martello Towers.
1: Yes, so what's really curious about this particular sketch is that the the foreground is where the interest is, with all the the ships and certain figures either embarking or disembarking. Mm -hmm. But in the background, you see the outcrop, the kind of the cliff face of Hall Bolan, with a Martello tower atop it, which is still there today, yeah. and then a number of naval buildings just to the south of it. But the area, you know, where Irish Steel used to be and so on, yeah. hasn't been claimed. You see Rocky Island without a bridge crossing it, uh-huh. and then you see a Martello tower at the very, very back atop Ringaskiddy Hill. And these were defences that I suppose started rolling out during the 19th century, the early 19th century, to defend against the threat of French invasion, which obviously never came, but they were a deterrent, if not necessarily a defence.
0: It's amazing because I'm looking at this more as a document of history, also maybe something that's making some sort of a political statement about power. This part belongs to an empire. It's a cog in the wheel of a much bigger order of things. It's not a work of art. So why why did people do pencil sketches? I mean, to what end were, were they used? I mean, they obviously weren't printed in newspapers. They weren't redistributed or copied or anything like that. There was only probably one made. So to what use would a pencil drawing of Cork Harbour be?
1: Well, I think what's interesting about this is the clue lies with the artist herself. Uh-huh. So the artist is Sarah Grace Carr, Yep. She was born in 1794, so she was in her mid 20s when she made this. Right. And it was during a trip that she did as a single woman, presumably accompanied in 1819, that she traversed Wales and Ireland. So we know from other sketches by her that are in the Crawford Collection, but also in the National Library of Wales and the Yale Centre for British Art, yep. we know that she was a keen observer of the places she travelled to. And she was of a certain class as well. Mm-hmm. Her, her father was in the legal profession. Her father-in-law was the chairman of the East India Company. Oh. So you can imagine that this is a woman who has received some form of education as a, an upper-class woman, if you will. Certainly, this would have been a very polite, genteel pursuit yes. before her marriage, which is a, a terrible thing to say, but I suppose that's kind of the context for the time. Yeah. And it was an occupation that, as you traveled, this is something you would do. So you would maybe keep a journal, you would sketch, you would do watercolors traveling watercolor sets were starting to become popular <laughs> in that regard this wasn't necessarily for public viewing yes i would say that this was to be shared amongst her friends and family maybe to be put into an album or scrapbook of some kind and we know that other people of her class such as a white family from bantry house and they did similar drawings and sketches on their travels yes. and inserted them into scrapbooks.
0: Have you any idea how the Crawford managed to get its hands on this eventually?
1: We're very lucky in that these were purchased in 1985. Right. So we purchased them very early on after we became a standalone art gallery, yeah. because only a few years previous we had been part of the Crawford School of Art. This was kind of early on in the gallery being its own entity. So we've had them for coming close on 40 years. (laughs) It's part of a set that we have. The other views show the Lower Glanmire Road and probably Patrick's Quay, but also Ballyannon, which is towards Middleton, and Kilmurray. Not the Bandon Kilmurray, more the Rathcormach Kilmurray. (laughs) So she seems to have travelled around the harbour city and east, northeast of the harbour while she was here.
0: Now, you're responsible for exhibiting the piece because it's part of a wider exhibition, Statio Bene, which is running for the year right into next year as well. How did you come across it?
1: I suppose during the, the research for the exhibition, looking through the collection to see what views of the harbour or mm. what, what artworks we had that were connected with Cork Harbour in some way. And this became quite an important sketch as well as two others that are in the exhibition by Sarah Grace Carr, Mm, because I I noticed that of the holdings we have that describe the harbour or describe the people of the harbour or the traditions, Mm -hmm. there were very few women artists. And so it was important to include her, but also to see a particular viewpoint as well. She was a visitor. She wasn't local. It's what she saw. And I think what you mentioned earlier, it's a particular viewpoint of the harbour as a part of the empire, 18 or so years after the Acts of Union. So Cork Harbour is very much part of this British Empire machine. And I think this image tells you that. It doesn't tell you anything else but that actually.
0: It's fascinating altogether how so much history can be just unearthed through a line drawing, a pencil drawing so economically done that you cannot but admire it. Sarah Grace Carr's view of Hall Bolan and Spike Island from the 11th of October 1819 just over 200 years ago and you could recognise it if you didn't actually spot it in the name of the title. If you just showed it to somebody, they could nearly figure it out just by looking at the drawings of the buildings in the background and the, the width and depth of the harbour as well. A wonderful piece of work, and I'm glad that it has survived to the present day and it's very worthy to be part of the exhibition that's running in the gallery at the moment. Michael, thanks again.
1: Thanks, Million Goner.